Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by the number one golf app in the business, the 18 Birdies app. Download it today. This is the Byron Nelson 2018. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the Byron Nelson Championship 2018 from a brand new golf course, Trinity Forest in Texas. Pat and I are going to give you everything you need to know about the golf course. We've talked to numerous contacts who have seen the golf course, been on the golf course today, including some caddy inside information. And we're going to tell you what you need to know, what it's going to take to play well here, the players that you need to play, the players that you don't need to play, and strategy if you're playing daily fantasy golf or betting. This is a pretty weak field, so you're going to want to stick around for the strategy portion. We also recap the Players' Championship. We tell you a little bit about the Ryder Cup, which is coming up in the fall. Exciting announcement there. We give you a listener apology. That was pretty good. And, uh, yeah, it's a good event. As always, brought to you by our friends at 18 Birdies. You need to download the 18 Birdies app. If you use the promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, you can download the app and get one free year of premium access. That's pretty important. One free year of premium access on 18 Birdies is worth a lot. One of the favorite things that we like about 18 Birdies is when you play, if you play with buddies, they don't even have to have the app. You can... You can play Skins, Wolf, Vegas, Match Play, Nassau, Dots, all kind of stuff. And 18 Birdies keeps track of the points for you. All you have to do is put in the handicaps, keep the regular gross score, and you're done. It's that easy. Download it today. Enjoy the podcast, and may your screens be green. What's up, Golf Addicts? DB here of the Tour Junkies podcast. You have tuned in for a lovely, ear-penetratingly awesome podcast about the Byron Nelson. And uh, I've got my boy Pat Perry with me. What's up, P? What's up, man? I'm so good tonight. Let me just tell you. You feeling good? I'm feeling really good. You know, we got, we got Byron Nelson coming up. Um, you know, we're hitting that warmer weather. You know, you and I have gotten to enjoy... You know, ever since really Masters came along, we've gotten to enjoy enjoy this warmer weather. But, you know, we got listeners out there, David. They're just now getting a little bit of a taste of this. They're getting out on the golf course, getting to do things outside, all these, you know. So I'm I'm excited for our listeners today, not just you and I. Getting out on the golf golf course. Yeah. The golf course. What's funny is right before we went on the air, you asked, you you said you were going to record the podcast tonight standing up, a la David Barnett, which is funny because I haven't stood up for a podcast since we probably began practicing for the Tour Junkies podcast, which was about this time, 2015. But, you know, little known fact, little TJ history. Me and Pat Perry, when we first decided to do this podcast, we practiced for 12 weeks. We recorded 12 episodes, just like we do now, except we never let anyone hear them except ourselves. We would listen to them after we were done and uh, critique each other, mainly be critiquing Pat. Yeah, yeah, um, I was about to say. Which is basically normal. He's almost, he's really that, learned nothing in That has years. not changed. Has that changed yeah. any in the last year? No, years? because you don't learn any. You haven't, you freaking, you don't, you haven't learned anything. I'm other better than, than I grumpy. was. Come on now. I'm a little better than I was. You're way more grumpy. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm going to try not it's... to be grumpy tonight. You know, we've heard a lot from our listeners. They, there's, there's some that like grumpy Pat and there's some that get uncomfortable with it. So, I feel like uh, tonight I'm in a great mood, though. I mean, unless you make me grumpy. I'll fix that. Yeah, I'll fix that. Well, it was funny. I played golf with a listener, Brian Little. I played golf with uh, with him the other day, and we just, he was asking me about the podcast, and he was like, man, I mean, he was dead serious. I ended up getting him to say it on Instagram, but I, I thought it was funny. But he was like, dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, I'm just, I'm kind of a harmonizer by nature, and I... You know, I like to I like to bring people together, and sometimes I'm riding in my car and I'm listening to you guys go at each other, and I just it makes me uncomfortable in my car. Like I think you boys need to hug it out sometimes, and I, and I sometimes I have to fast forward through it. I was like, dang, dude, you're really wrestling with this, <laughs> yeah. I, and I was like, I probably do fight more with Pat Perry than any friend I have ever had, but yet we're very close. Like we're very close, and I love you. And but but I do fight with you more than any male friend I've ever had. I, I would say that um, 
it's probably the same for me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just my my personality. But you know, I I think that just shows the love we have for each other, David. You yeah. Because we make up, and every time we see, you know, we don't get to see each other that often. Most people think maybe that we we just we're around each other all the time, but we're really not. So, yeah, which is probably a good thing, because honestly, I think I, I would have, yeah, we would have, we would have hurt each other by now. Um, Awesome. But anyway, it, it's not. It's, this podcast is not about our relationship. It is about the Byron Nelson. But before we get to the Byron Nelson, the Players Championship this past week was uh, was interesting. Webb Simpson ran away with it. We talked about Webb. We liked Webb. Talked about him on the SiriusXM show on Wednesday night. We wrote him up in the eighteen birdies article. Um, just a you know good week for Webb. Really happy to see Webb and mainly Paul Tesori, friend of the podcast, Webb's caddy. Get the big check, one point nine eight milli for the Players Championship victory, and he just ran away with it. I mean, he just absolutely ran away with it. Um, but it was a fun tournament nonetheless. Even though there was, it was kind of anticlimactic, especially with his what double bogey finish on the seventy second hole after going in the water. Um, yeah, Tiger up there making a run, which was made it interesting on Saturday and Sunday. That was good to see. It does feel like it's further indication that Tiger can and will compete in strong fields and possibly for the next few majors. So any other takeaways from the, the Players' Championship? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm so happy for Webb and, and, and especially Paul Tesori. He's been so good to us and so good to the podcast. Is, is a great caddy on tour. Gives us great information every time he's, you know, he's on the show. Um, so definitely happy for them and they've worked hard for this tiger. It's, I think you're right. I mean, this is, I think last week, despite, you know, dunking it in the water on 17, it showed that he's, he is all the way back and he's going to win. I think this year. And I, I liked him last week. I had him as my one and done. And, and I was pleased with, with how he finished as far as the one and done is concerned. I would have liked to win, but um, the guy's just hitting all the shots right now. He's gaining his confidence, I think, which which is key. He says he's getting he's he's got the feels back. He's got those feels, and he's he thinks he's going to win soon. So I and I I do not doubt him one bit. Now, when it comes to DFS, though, I actually had a pretty awful week last week. I, I just it was two weeks in a row now where I've had I felt like a good player pool. But just didn't. I had a few guys in there that just absolutely killed me. I had some Hideki last week, which was not good at all. Mm. Um, he he killed me in a lot of lineups. So I don't know. I thought Hideki might be, and he was lower owned. Um, but he just didn't. He just didn't pan out for me. So you know. We had some good calls though. We had Rory Sabatini, the wrist tattoo guy from down below. He uh, he was a cheap guy that we nailed. Uh, we had other good calls. You know, we, we had some good player pools. There's always carnage at the Players' Championship. We talked about it last week with course history, and you look at how certain guys have done. I mean, look at Ricky Fowler, um, you know, with a second-place finish, a win, a bunch of missed cuts. He got a little unlucky on, on Friday, if you ask me, with his ball being stuck up in the tree. He burned me in a few lineups, but I, I had a decent week. Um, I had a little run at it on Sunday. When I woke up Sunday, I had – a decent lineup in the big 700K tournament um, that, that could have made a nice run to the top, and, and then everyone went backwards. I had Cantlay and Hadley and Jordan, and everybody just went backwards. So it was an interesting week. It was a fun week. I love the Players' Championship. I wanted to say this, though. You know, we talked about our Twitter guy uh, last week that we, that we, we, we pounded on for, for unsubscribing to the podcast for a dumb reason. Yeah, last week on Thursday, uh, I, we got a we got a um, a Instagram comment from somebody, and I can't remember their username. But we got an Instagram comment from somebody early on Thursday that said, "Jordan Spieth, huh, guys?" Dot 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 question mark. Like because Spieth was sucking on Thursday, he started off like so terrible on Thursday, <laughs> and I'm like. And I so bad wanted to reply on that day. And I was like, no, I'm not going to reply. It's Thursday. We're just going to chill out. And then by Saturday, when Spieth freaking shot seven under on Saturday and was in the top ten, I very badly wanted to go back to that comment and be like, bro, it is golf and it's Jordan Spieth. Like, he is the bounce back kid. Do not at me on Thursday morning. Don't just don't don't at us for that reason. Like, freaking chill. 
And then I didn't, which I'm kind of glad I didn't, because then he freaking, you know, obviously he fizzled on Sunday and finished with a quad on 18, which that was, was horrible for my one and done pick, of course. And uh, but anyway, even still, though, I'm sure when that guy, you know, Instagram messaged us that he, he was thinking Spieth was going to miss the cut because he had such a horrible start. And then Spieth ends up fighting back and, and you know, makes a decent tournament out of it. At least he scored some birdies. But I mean, my God, people like just don't don't freak out on Thursday. That is a huge thing. We try not to freak out on Thursday. We try to like I try to stay off of Twitter on Thursday and Friday just for like for touting purposes. Like, oh, I told you so. Even Rory Sabatini, who was up there early on Thursday, I was like, I'm not saying a thing about the Rory Sabatini call because easily he could be 74th by the time the whole thing's said and done. That happens a lot with guys like Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell is a really talented golfer that has definitely flashed. But rarely has he put four rounds together so far on the PGA Tour. I think he will, but he's rarely done it. So, like, be wary of the early call and the early tout, especially when you're going to at people like us who are making picks. It's just, it, is, it is amazing what you see on Thursday, and especially Thursday, not, not Friday quite as much, but, yeah, on Friday, too, when you got the cut sweats, but just, like... I mean, the touting, or not the touting, but just the, the responses and everything that we get about players, and it just means nothing on it Thursday. It means nothing, man. Like, ugh, so ridiculous. In other news, we did get a, we did get a funny apology from... <laughs> <laughs> last, this is great. Last week, we talked about the guy who unsubscribed to the Chalk Bomb weekly email because he couldn't handle the grammatical issues. Um and and we weren't really we weren't we, we I tried I kind of retracted and didn't throw him under the bus but I can't remember his name and I don't have the email in front of me but sent a very sweet email <laughs> to us he did basically saying he he came off as kind of a douche and disrespectful and he apologized profusely uh, I think he said he was a he was an English teacher wasn't he wasn't he a, a teacher of some kind? I think he was and and he was quite polite. Very polite. He Very never, well, though, well he written. never did say actually in the email uh, whether or not he resubscribed to us. <laughs> no, no, he did not. I'm pretty sure he's still unsubscribed. But yeah, it was he very nice to get that. that apology. He can't handle the the grammar yeah. mistakes still. But it was still very nice of him to apologize. So thank you for that, sir. That was very nice. We understand. Um, I did want to let some people know we have more um, hats that we've ordered. Those will be in the store. The white Golby hats have completely sold out. Uh, we only have a few more, maybe a handful of the black um, TJ trucker hats. I think. Yeah, we're running right? low, running low on those. Um, we got we got a good amount of of the navy Golby, which I think those should those are probably those are going pretty quick too. The camouflage TJ hat, I'm a little bit surprised about. That thing is sweet. Not enough rednecks, I guess. But, I guess but you know, even if yeah. you're not a redneck, rocket is like an urban camo deal. But yeah. The the camo one, the black one, and that red one, we may not reorder those ever. So if you want one, you better get it now. But the Golby hats are flying off the shelf. So we do have some more of those on order coming. Stay tuned. I, I did want to let people know that. Also, Pat, we, we, we've alluded to this, but I, I want to make a formal announcement on the podcast. We are going to the Ryder Cup. Pow, 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 pow! What is oh, that? That's the only thing that came to my mind. It's like the Sky rockets in Sky flight. Sky rockets in flight. Um, man, me and Pat and our wives will be traveling to Paris in the fall for the Ryder Cup, along with Moose from Fantasy National Golf Club and his awesome wife, Mara, Mrs. Moose, who we love, and we've spent... Time with them at last at the last Ryder Cup as well as the PGA Championship. We just love those two, and then we are meeting up with Ash Morrison, who writes for One Groove Low over on TourJunkies.com. Does all of our European tour content. Ash will be there. We are jacked. I could. We said this last week. We could literally talk about the Ryder Cup every single day of between now and before we leave, and I would totally be okay with that. Um. All that to say, if any of you guys are going to be at the Ryder Cup, whether you're, you know, our fellow Americans who are making the trip 
across to to support the the, the USA, or you're you know a European guy and you just want to hang out with a couple of you know funny Americans from Georgia. We would absolutely love to meet as many people as possible when we go. Let us know. It's going to be amazing. We will be there uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So all three days of the actual event will be there, and then we'll be staying through the next week um, to do some sightseeing, maybe play around to golf. It is, it's going to be lit. I am pumped about it. Pat, any, uh, any other thoughts from you on the Ryder Cup? No, just so pumped. I'm like you. I, I literally will pull up the app with my flights on it that we've already we've already purchased, and I just stare at it, and I'm like, all right, this is gonna be so freaking awesome. And then I just I'm I'm just ready. I'm ready to go. But uh, it's let, gonna let, be so much fun. Let me just say, Moose and I have had numerous side texts about you being in Europe. <laughs> um, I. Let me, let me tell you something, people. We, we said it last week, I believe it was last week, that if you follow us on Instagram right now, at tour underscore junkies, you can get in on the ground level of watching Pat Perry learn how to use Insta stories because he's never, he's never done it. Now, hopefully you did that because he's had a couple, of, a couple of runs at it, okay? And they've been pretty good. They've been pretty funny. So if, if you like laughing at Pat or you think Pat's funny, Head over to at tour underscore junkies on Instagram and check out his story work. It's pretty good. But take that times a hundred, and that will be what it's like to see Pat in Europe for the first time ever in a foreign country where they don't speak the language. He's he's never been to Europe despite his privileged upbringing. Um, he he didn't leave he didn't leave the wrought iron gates of his community very often growing up. And he's not made the trip overseas. Um, And we're going to Paris. And I cannot wait to travel with Pat, watch Pat navigate restaurants and transportation and just all in all everything. It feels like one of the great 90s movies, Ernest Goes to Jail or Ernest Goes to School. Remember those (laughs) those movies? It feels like Ernest. I was going back like, to the eighties, so I was going back to uh, National Lampoons, National Lampoons, European vacations. <laughs> yes, except yes. we won't have a family with us. Well, we will. Well, the Torge, Tor Junkies family will be there, and, Not and kids that, though, no, no kids, kids. Yeah, I mean like yeah. TJ, like uh, you know the TJ adult mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be fun, and I think you you're right. We're going to get some good Insta stories or whatever you call them chats. Um, Insta stories. Insta Insta stories. stories. It's going to be some good, good stuff. And I feel like this is like I'm practicing now, and the stuff now is pretty good too. But it's really going to culminate at the Ryder Cup. It's just well, yeah. It's just the situational aspect of it. Like you get so everybody stop right now and think about this. You're you're driving in your car right now. I know, and you're concentrating on the road, or you're thinking about what you got to do at work. Maybe you've checked out at this part. Maybe you're one of those that really gets pissed off that we do this and we don't get straight to the DFS content. Everyone think about this right now. Think about Pat and how worked up he gets with me speaking English on this podcast, and I'm his friend. And think about when he goes to a foreign country and he can't communicate, and he can't get his his beer right, or he can't get his food order right, or he can't get his... He's so OCD, y'all. He is going to rip Paris apart. I cannot wait. It is going to be absolutely hysterical. So, Side note... I do know some French because I, I took for some for God knows what reason. Maybe it was for this reason. Why don't you hit was, us with a little bit of French? What you got? I, I took I took French in college, and it was the one class that I had to pass before I could graduate. And <laughs> and so I don't remember much. I do. I think that like here's the thing I'll use the most. Like if I would like some beer. I think I think I would like is like je voudrais, so like it would be like je voudrais la bière <laughs> or something like that. Like I feel like if I can get that down, like I could. I'm, I feel like I'm gonna be pretty good. Now there's probably some listeners out there that know know some French, and maybe I'm wrong, but I do believe that that was somewhat correct. On so I would <laughs> like some beer. Je voudrais la bière. Very nice, very nice. Um, any any listeners who have traveled to Paris or you know live in Paris, you want to give us some tips 
feel free to shoot those our way. You can email them or shoot us, you know, hit us on Twitter, Instagram. We we'll we'll take any on you know, we're we're asking you to give us your advice. It's gonna be great. So yeah. Can't wait for that. We had to make that formal announcement. I'm I'm so excited. You're probably gonna hear more about it. But I think that's probably enough for today. Pat, do you have uh, anything else before we get into this week? And and a, we got a new golf course this week. Yeah, let's. I mean, I'm excited to talk about this new golf course. We got um, a not so great field, but that's all right. Uh, we hey. got some interesting people to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah. By the way, um, I, I did want to say a great big happy Mother's Day. You know, a day late, but a great big happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there that partake of the Tour Junkies podcast. We care about you. We appreciate you. And thank you for all that you probably put up with. And, uh, yeah, so happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Now, Pat, you know, uh, what do you call Mother's Day without gifts or um, special planning or, um, you know, a, a great meal? Or what do, you, what do you call that? Every single day. You call it Father's Day is what you call it. <laughs> and Father's Day is right around the corner, okay? Father's Day is right around the corner, Pat. And, you know, one thing that you could do for dad and that Tour Junkies has rather enjoyed is you could get your own personal tobacconist. Mm. (laughs) A what? (laughs) Through Tour Junkies, we've partnered with Good Cigar Company, and they can be your personal tobacconist, Pat. Did you know that you can have a tobacconist? I had no freaking clue. Or you could, you could be your dad's tobacconist and work with Good Cigar Company and be ready to celebrate. When the Father's Day occasion hits, it's perfect for golf trips, weddings, bachelor parties, any reason to celebrate. You got Father's Day coming up, so it's good for dads. You got graduation season coming up. Go ahead and get your 18-year-old high school graduate his first great cigar package from, from Good Cigar Company. I think that's a slam dunk. <laughs> that's a and great listen, idea. Start them off right as soon as they graduate. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. You, you, know, you remove the curiosity when you do it that way. Here's the thing, man. Buying cigars can be intimidating, right? Cigar shops. You walk in and everybody's staring at you, smoky. You don't know what you're doing. It feels old-fashioned, a little, a little dated. Good Cigar Company makes that very simple. Here's what you do. You pick a strength level, and they send you top-shelf cigars at a great price. That's right. You get to pick your strength level, Pat. Like, so you can, if, if you're just, you know, if you feel like Dad really needs to chill, chill the crap out and you need to get him a, a good stiffy, you just give him a good stiff cigar strength level from Good Cigar Company, and Dad's chilling on the patio for Father's Day. You know what I mean? Hmm. Plus, like cigar this. smoking, you know, it requires all this equipment. And so, you know, you know, who has a humidor? Nobody, right? You got, hey, man, anybody got a cutter? No, I don't have a cutter on me. So Good Cigar Company makes all that easy. Each pack comes with two cigars and everything you need to light it up. Everything you need. The pack even acts as its own humidor so the cigars stay fresh for months. For months, Pat. For months. All you have to do is go to goodcigar.co. That's .co. That's like the freshandhip.com version. Yeah. So go to goodcigar.co and use promo code. What do you think the promo code is, Pat? Tour Junkies? Tour Junkies is the promo code. All, all lowercase? It doesn't matter. doesn't okay. matter. All one word. Tour Junkies is your promo code. You get 10% off. Goodcigar.co. Promo code Tour Junkies. I think that's a very fitting sponsor of the course breakdown segment for, you know, Father's Day coming up. You've just had a stressful weekend planning for your wife, your mother of your children, your, your own mom, and now you need, you, you know, maybe you just get a good cigar package for yourself. You know what I mean? I need it for me. Cause Take I get, the strength I get, level up to, up to 11. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I get screwed Father's Day anyway because that, it always falls on my anniversary and my wife's birthday. Oh, so. that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. So I'm just going to go strength level 20 or whatever. Ooh. With, you know, double. What do you, what's a good cigar with, uh, with your rosé? Is that what you're drinking tonight? What kind of, what, what is, what's your podcast juice of choice this evening? Man, because we're at the Byron Nelson and we, um, we have a great field here, I've gone with the, uh, the boxed rosé. From uh, a little Jeez. a little company called um, Boda Box. Yikes! They make a they make a great boxed rosé. 
Um, no free ads here. No as free a matter ads. Of fact, as a matter of fact, they even um, I think they're like they're like they've they've had a ranking, something like you know they the you know wine wine connoisseur. It's it's up there. Right. Okay. Not really. So let's get into take, the- take your word for that. All right, Pat. We have a brand new golf course. First time in the rotation for the PGA Tour. Um, I know you've done some digging today. You've you've gone above and beyond in your course research. We're not going to inundate you with all kind of detail, but you've gone above and beyond. We also have confirmed a lot of this information with our caddy friends. So why don't you hit us with it, and then I'll I'll try and tick you off with uh, caddy insight. Uh, I'm I'm going to. This is where you've pissed me off in in, in the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to try to try to calm down because I think I got some good info. I have made a lot of calls, texts, everything else to talk to learn more about this course. So I think I've got some good stuff. But you know, bear with me though. This is going to be a little longer than normal. But yes, yeah, so we are at the AT and T Byron Nelson in Dallas, Texas Trinity Trinity Forest Golf Club. Plan 7,380 yards. It's a par 71. This course was opened just a few years ago in 2016, so it's a very new course. It is a Lynx-style course. Uh, There are no trees on this course anywhere. You've got incredibly wide fairways, so they're going to be pretty easy to hit. It's going to play fast and firm, just like you typically see with uh, Lynx-style courses. Um, you know, the greens here are Bermuda, and you've got Zoysia tee to green. So um, that's what you're going to be looking at there. Um, I, I think one of the things that, you know, let's just talk about the par fives out here. There's three par fives. Two are reachable. One is, I would say, not reachable unless you got a good win because it's playing 630 yards, which is, uh, let's just say, that's pretty, that's like, what, driver, three wood, three wood for me. Somewhere around in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got four par threes that are all, uh, you know, three of them are all over 200 yards, and then one of them is 140 yards. Uh, you know, the par fours aren't incredibly difficult out here. Um, you know, 18 and 9 play the toughest because they're both 500-plus yards, um, but the others aren't too difficult. Number five is actually interesting because it's a drivable par four. Um, but I don't think these players are going to try to go for the green. They're going to kind of – bail out short and left is what I've been told. Um, but I do think that is a certainly a birdie hole. So you'll be looking at that. Um, you know, all these greens are raised. They, they you know, Ben Crenshaw, uh, you know, who's one of the designers of this course, they kind of modeled it a little bit off after Pinehurst or Pinehurst number two to be specific. And, and that's what you see out there. All raised greens. They all have a ton of undulation. I think they're going to be fast, but I don't think they're going to be like, you know, like, Augusta National fast or anything. They, they're going to be fair, but 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 they are going to be pretty fast. Um, I wanted to read a couple quotes on this course because I, I think that's key. One of them being from Jordan Spieth, who plays out of here a lot. His coach is now based out of here, Cameron McCormick. He says, uh, it's a second shot course um, where you've got to, got to really think about where you're leaving the ball because everything looks very spacious. You can work different flights but it's very challenging if you're not really focused on where the ball is being left. So I think that is huge. That means that it's, this is a thinking man's course. Not only like the fairways are easy to hit, but the greens are key. You've got you know you've got to approach these greens with hitting them in the right spots because if you don't with the undulations, it could really kill you out here. So I think that's something that's important to look at. Um, you know another thing you know that I looked at like is. You know, I mean, I, for me, the stats are strokes gained off the tee, stroke, uh, strokes gained approach, scrambling. I think these greens are tough around the greens. We've heard that there's a, you know, you're not going to be able to putt from off the greens. You really got to, you, you got to scramble well. So I think that's going to be huge. Um, so that's about it. I, I think weather's going to be key. Also, I don't. I've, I've kind of thrown out the weather, you know, from a week to week basis. But we want to check on Wednesday. We want to check the weather waves. We want to see if you know where where the winds are going to be because that's a major defense on this course is the winds. 
And, and I think that, you know, in that's any course, it's like a, you know, a link style course where it's just wide open and there's no, there's no coverage from the trees and things like that. You're going to look at the wind. So come Wednesday, I think that's important. You know, check us out on Twitter, Twitter check us out on Rotogrinders where we go into the chat room and, and can give you some, uh, some good weather advice as far as that's concerned. So David, and I'm sure you've got some gaps to fill on this new course from stuff you've heard, but uh, that's the the quick down and dirty on this new course. One of the things Spieth said, I was watching in his press conference last week, they asked him about Trinity Forest leading up to the players, and he, and he mentioned it being a Lynx course, but he said he, said he defined it as like an American-style Lynx course where you still can't attack it on the ground or low. You still have to attack it from high. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't go crazy with like, oh, I got to have the guys who can, you know, bump and run everything all over the place. It, it seems like a unique golf course. Um, we did talk to a couple of people who have been on the course today, recently. Um, one caddy friend of ours in particular caddied for a member of this golf course for uh, a, a stint. He doesn't anymore. And, yeah, I mean, he basically, Pat pretty much hit it. There's not a whole lot of rough on the course. Um, uh, the greens, he said, are absolutely enormous, very undulating, contours all over them. And the course's defense is the greens and the wind, which Pat mentioned. He, he obviously said that uh, the ball will run out a little more. They're going to play a little firmer fast than, than what these guys normally do. So he really didn't give much of an edge to bombers or short hitters or whatever. Like Pat mentioned, um, you know, it really is a second shot golf course. He, he did stress the chipping and putting aspect of it, basically just saying, you know, uh, the rough is a little longer around the greens, so they're not going to be able to putt it up. Um, and obviously with big greens, you, you got to avoid the three putt. So I, I'm basically looking at strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, and form. I mean, I, I'm not. Those are like the three big things that I'm looking at. I mean, putting is is int- is important too, I guess, but it's tough to predict. So, strokes gained around the green and strokes gained approach for me, uh, and and recent form. You know, it's an interesting field, right? The the field is absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty wretched field. Um, and you know. But I do, th- I do think that there's edge to be gained. Um, if if you do your research, if you do, you know, I, I think Pat's right. I mean, giving us a couple of more days to really dig into this course to get some some feedback back from people that we know are on the course right now. By the time that rolls around on Wednesday night, you've got you can listen to the XM show. You can hop in the chat room on Roto Grinders at eight thirty on Wednesday night, uh, eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Um, you know, we'll try to do what we can on Twitter to answer some questions, but I, 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 I definitely you... think I think you're right. I think this is a week where you really have to pay attention if you're on social media. If you're not, you need to be and following us and 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 some some other you know great content providers on Twitter because this is one of those courses where or you know when you have a course that's never been played out here where you've got to get information you know. You got to see these players and 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 what they're yeah. seeing when they play this event uh, or play this course in the practice rounds. Um, one thing I will mention that I wanted to, to say was Bill Core, who is one of the the golf course designers with Ben Crenshaw. He says, you know, they they wanted to build something that constricts top players. This course provides options so that the longest players on tour and the very shortest players on tour can all arrive and think, I've got a chance. So I think that's important. This is it's a wide open if if they've designed it correctly. Now, we want to see what what players are saying about it. There almost anybody in this field who's got good recent form, as you mentioned, I think can can win out here. And and that's going to be key. Yeah, I mean, even looking at the guy, you know, I mean, Ben Crenshaw is your your one of your chief designers. I mean, Crenshaw was a short game player. Um, I think when guys build golf courses like that, they they build them to to reward the parts of the game they were best at. And and Crenshaw was a scrambler and one of the best putters of his time. So something to think about. You know, <clears throat> in addition, if you're playing GPPs, 
as we've mentioned most of the year and we'll continue to remind you of, fanshare.sports.com is where you need to go to get your you know ownership projections, how much these guys are getting talked up. Uh, that, that really was the deciding factor for me last week in putting Webb Simpson as kind of a core play in a lot of my GPP lineups, seeing that Webb was projected you know, at 12 or 13%, which I felt like was, was okay. Um, and I was pretty overweight on him as a result, which was kind of saved my weekend. But fanshiresports.com is, is the place to go. They're going to aggregate all of the, the data from, you know, people who are talking about DFS and talking up who's, who's, you know, being, who's a popular play and who's not. One of the new features is actually the content can now be filtered by the medium that, uh, that they, that they pulled it from. So you can see, what podcasts Fanshare listened to, what, um, what articles they read, what tweets they pulled from to collect all of the data, which I think is really cool. That's uh, a great way for you to kind of get a, you know, get your finger on the pulse of where Fanshare is getting their data. Um, but honestly, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, it's basically the last place I go before I start building lineups just to make sure my ownership projections and what I think lines up with what they think and usually if it doesn't i change it to whatever they say so um com is where i would go wednesday night we'll be looking for that um pretty soon it's a cheap monthly fee too if you want to join if you want to be a member you should check that out um all right pat let's get into this um you know strategy is is a thing right like it is a horribly weak field i think for me it, it lends itself to a more balanced approach. I, I'm not, I think Jordan Spieth is going to play well this week. Um, you mentioned that he plays out of here. Cameron McCormick teaches out of here. He's probably, uh, this is probably an, an excellent golf tournament for him to win. But at 11 9, I just, un, unless Fanshare has him projected and, and Roto Grinders has him projected at something less than, you know, 15% ownership, then I'm, I'm going to avoid him in GPPs. Um, I don't see how that happens. I don't, see I, I don't either. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I pretty much don't think I'm playing anybody in the 10K range. I'm not, in a field like this, I, I don't really care to go. You know, you just read the quote basically saying that any player can come here and feel like they have a chance. I also have heard from a source that uh, one of our one of our caddies that who his player was a member that his player basically said two years ago that this place was built for a U.S. Open at that point in time two years ago. So this course can play difficult, and if the wind kicks up, it can be difficult. We've already been talking about the green surfaces, the complexes. So to me, I don't want to. If the course is going to play a little more difficult, I don't, I don't want to play. I don't want to be playing these guys that suck, that they don't have any form in this weak field. I would rather have as much exposure to the guys who I think can rise to the occasion as possible and limit my risk at the bottom. Um, so for me, I, I'm not starting. I'm not starting any lineups in the 10K. I'm just not. And even in cash, I don't. I definitely don't. I think there's no reason in cash for you to do that either. I, and, and I don't know that any of these guys are really, I mean, Hideki is a crap show right now. Sergio looked bad towards uh, on the weekend. Spieth obviously didn't finish well at all on Sunday. Um, you know, Kuchar's been kind of his Kuchar self, but I, I don't think these guys are necessarily, I mean, I don't, they're not locks by any means, and they're definitely not locks to return value in, in something like DraftKings or Fantasy Draft. So if you're playing cash or GPPs, for me, uh, I'm, not touching, I'm not touching anybody before Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker is the first player that I feel good about at 9,500. Is there anybody else other than before him that you like? Well, what are See, your thoughts? I, I don't know. I mean, I think that you can play, you know, like Jordan is, I think Jordan's certainly in play in cash. I'm not as certain on him in GPPs, but here's the thing. I mean, I feel like he's, he could easily have been priced in like the 13K range in this, in the, with his field. And I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with playing some of these guys because, yes, I'm not going to go much lower than like 7,400 or so, 7,300. I really don't like a whole lot of guys down there, but I think that, um, I do think you're going to need a stud in your lineup because that one of those guys is probably going to win. 
And I don't think that this is one of those weeks where you can just say that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like fading all five of those guys. If you're Well, three of the guys if you're talking 10K and above, and then five if you're talking over Jimmy Walker. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I'm in, I'm in a disagreement there. I, I feel like there are several guys in here that you could play. Um, I love George Spieth this week. It's obviously one of his, you know, courses he's played a lot on. Um, you know, I like Sergio. He's a he's a ball striker, a guy that can can play this course well. Um, yeah, but yeah, how can you? I mean, I, to me, I think Sergio and Hideki are easy fades. I mean, we have no course history to go off of here. We've got recent form, stats, gut. See, I'm, but th- but there's, I think there's Sergio's a reason. Sergio's coming to- off of a seventy, a miscut, and a miscut. Hideki's Which is fine off of a because miscut, if you get a seventy-six, yeah, because you're we're talking about a field like this as weak as it is. I know, I know. Where you can get two guys like Sergio and Hideki. Now I want to check. I you know, like we talk about, we're going to check ownership all the time on Wednesday. But if I'm getting Sergio and Hideki, two guys that are by far and away the class of this field, you know, outside of you know Jordan and, and whatever, but. You know, if I can get them in a in a pretty good ownership position, why would I not take them and and, and then you know pick my spots elsewhere? I mean, I, I I definitely see playing those guys. I mean, Sergio's even shown. Now, look, I know it's not on this course, but he's he's won in Texas before a few times. You know, with the wins, everything else. I, I think you know he's. You know, I do like Euro players this week on a, on a link style course. That that the, these are guys that are more used to that kind of play because this is a unique course. If you look at this thing hole by hole, it is not like a typical course that you see in, in the states. And so I think if you can get a guy that that like Sergio, who is used to playing at more of a European style course where the fairways are running out a lot more. Um, where there's a, a lot of different play around the greens and things like that. I think that's important. So, All right, so what odds would you give me if I took Jimmy Walker and below? So basically Jimmy Walker below is the field, and you got Billy Horschel, Hideki, Garcia, Kuchar, and Spieth. What would you give me? You know like, what, the, like you have to get one of those guys. So I'm like taking the, the top five guys to win. You're taking and the you, top. You get the rest of the field. Yeah, well, yeah. What odds would you do? Like, I, I, I would set that at like four to one. So, and and you're the favorite. You get four to one. Yeah. Do you get the entire field, and I get five guys? Yeah, but you you just talked about how you think that one of these studs is is likely to win, and it's a clearly weak field, and these are the these are the best these are the best guys. I would still I would put it at like maybe two and a half to one. <laughs> all right, that's interesting. All right, any, are you gonna have? Are you gonna have? Uh, all right, let's go, let's go nine k then. Nine k. Who do you like in the nine k? Well, I like you your mentioned boy, Hideki. Yeah, I like your boy Jimmy Walker. Actually, okay, yeah. I, I think he's a he's a great play. Um, you know, checks the box for me and strokes gained around the green. Also, proximity, which is a stat that I like, and then strokes gained approach. So, I think Jimmy Walker is a good play. I mean, you look at his recent form too. The guy's been coming around. I think he's, I think he's over this whole, this whole Lyme disease thing. I, Texas, I mean, Texas boy. Yeah, he checks every box for me um, in terms of approach around the green and putting. You know, a T two, T four, T twenty in his last three starts. I think he's as automatic as they come. Now, he'll probably be chalky, but I, I, I honestly don't care in GPPs. I don't care. And if you're playing cash, I think you have to I think you have to start your cash lineup with Jimmy Walker. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Jimmy Walker is a great play this week. I, I like Brandon Grace. He's another guy that I, I, tend, I kind of came on to a little bit later last week. Um, but is is a guy that he checks the box and, you know, scrambling. Also is... Um, you know, in approach and the proximity and, you know, so I think that I, I like, I like some Brandon Grace. I think he's a good play. All these guys really, I think he could play Adam Scott, even, you know, he's been putting terrible, but now that he's gotten to go to this little long putter kind of, well, he gained strokes last week at the players for the first time in a while. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, he's, he's fourth in the field in strokes getting approach. He's 18th in proximity. Uh, he's 15th in strokes gained off the tee. I mean, the guy's, you know, he's in the top 25 in strokes gained around the green. If he putts well, 
he's going to be right there at the end. So I think at 9,200, I'm fine with him. Um, I think he's a good play. I like everybody in the 9K range except for, well, I like everybody from Jimmy Walker down. So so for the sake of the listener, let me rank how much I like these guys. Jimmy Walker is clearing away my favorite player on the board. Um, after him, I like Leishman. Leishman in the last 12 rounds, ninth in strokes gained approach, sixth in strokes gained around the green. Not the best week at Sawgrass. I, I expected him to do better than that. But I like Aussies in the windy conditions in Texas. We've seen that we've seen that go pretty well in the past. Uh, the putter has been quite cold for Leash. So if, if that comes back to average, I see him competing in an event like this. So Leishman's kind of my second player on the board. Adam Scott's my third for the reasons you just mentioned. Fourth is probably Bo Hostler. Um Another Texas guy, another guy quite familiar with Trinity Forest in terms of the golf course. And then fifth would be Brandon Grace. I, I, I'm not mad if you want to play any of those guys. That's the order in which I would rank them. Um, you know, I said, I said I like the balance lineup approach, and um, I like a lot of the 9K guys. And, and I think this is where you're going to have a, a pretty big GPP ownership gap is potentially you know, in this 8K range because I look at the 8K range and I don't feel that much better about some of these 8K guys as I do a few 7K guys. Um, so as we, as we look at it, I mean, I, I actually think I'm going to play again Rory Sabatini. He's just been playing really, really well, wrist tattoo and all. But his last three finishes, tie for 30th at the Players, 27th at Wells Fargo, two really strong fields, and 23rd at the Heritage. So, you know, Sabatini's competing at, on a couple of different golf courses. He's 24th in strokes gained approach, 27th in strokes gained around the green, 36th in putting, 10th, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 21st in strokes gained off the tee in this field in the last 12 rounds. I think Sabatini is, is good, and I think some people – might avoid him because the $8,600 price tag may be a little rich. Maybe some folks will go to Charles Howell. Uh, Aaron Wise has been playing well. Scott Pierce, he's been popular. But I like Sabatini at 86, and I like Grayson Murray again at 82. Those are the only two guys in the 8K range that I'm feeling okay about. Um, I like Murray's scoring potential in a weak field. He's second strokes gained off the tee. Um, he's 16th in strokes gain around the green. If he can putt just a little bit, I think Murray could get his first win at this golf course. Wow. I am, I'm with you on Grayson Murray. I'm not sure about Sabatini. I just don't know if I can pay up for that price for him. I don't know. And that's what I'm hoping a lot of people, that's what I'm hoping a lot of people say. Well, maybe they will, but I still don't, I just, I don't, I don't see it, but, but whatever. Um, I got to go back to something. You know, we, we, we always talk about guys we like, but and you like this guy also, but I think Bo Hossler could be a fade candidate for me. I think he might have a little bit higher ownership. I don't really see – there's not a whole lot of stats that he fits for me. I mean, he doesn't check the box in strokes gained around the green. Um, doesn't check – he's 108th in the field in proximity. He's 82nd in the field in strokes gained approach. Um, the only the only place where I see where he fits is strokes gained off the tee, which I just don't know. I, I just I think Hostler is going to be extremely popular, and, and a lot of people. Popular? Are gonna, Did popular? you say popular? Popular. How, how many they, of that? How much of that box wine have you had so far? I just I just reached second the second glass, and so maybe that's what what results. Second in glass that. since we started the podcast. How many did you have before we started? No, I didn't. I didn't have any before we started. So. All right, hold on. We we got we got to we got to sit on this for a second. So Bo Hostler is a fade for me, by the way. All right, what did you say he ranked in stroke chain approach? I have him at eighty second. Over what time frame? Twenty four rounds. Okay, so this is where you know. Hey, I mean, I just want to be transparent with the listener on fantasy national which is our favorite site for stats and research like this which you can go to fantasynational.com slash tj and get a little hook up there but on fantasynational.com you can filter by you know recent you know recent results pat is obviously filtering by the last 24 rounds 
I don't filter that that far out. I well, look at and the here's last. the thing. This is a big difference. Some people like to see a bigger sample size, and some yep. people like to see a smaller one. I tend to like to see a bigger sample size. I, I don't care. I know it, you, you, you're probably looking at more of a recent form type where he's shown up. Hasn't he shown up more recently in... And like if you look at last 12 rounds, he's probably better. But I think you get a little bit better idea. I, I just like the 24 rounds. That's my sweet spot. Yeah. And, I, and you actually like that too. So, well, no, yeah. So you're I, about I, to contradict yourself, but let's, let's see no, what you're about to say. No, no I'm not. I, I'm just being transparent with the listener because you said 80 something in the last 24. What I show is 41st in this field in the last 12. I'm looking at the last 12. I like looking at the last 12 rounds the most and then a lot of times i will also go back depending on the stat and depending on the course i'll go and look at like 50 rounds just to see like super long-term production so i'll look at like the last 12 and the last 50 but for the most part i stick to the last 12 just because i know heck in my own game you know the 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 rounds you know the form comes and goes that quickly so uh, but if you actually look at bo hostler's results his results are probably better in the last 24 because in his last in his last 12 rounds, which would be his last three events, his best finish is 34th. But in at the Heritage four events ago, he finished 16th, and at the Shell six weeks ago, he finished second. But obviously, the strokes gained approach number wasn't how he was getting there. So this is where stats definitely. You know, I, I felt like it was important to kind of stop here and just say like. You know, this is why, like, what we do in making picks is, at the end of the day, like, I feel like it was important to stop here and tell things so how I'm right and no, you know, no, somebody else not, is wrong. But you know, whatever. No, that's not a, that's not what I was going to do. See, I knew I'd piss you off tonight. No, all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, we come here to try to bring you some some inside advice if we get it, some in, inside info if we get it. We we bring some some research to you that maybe you don't have time to do. And then, you know, we, we talk about the guys we like, but, you know, we don't, you don't, you still need to make your own decision. And you sometimes, if you're going to take this kind of seriously and like you really want to do this thing and like grind it out, you need to do your own research and you need to decide what is recent form to you. Because obviously for me and Pat, it's a little different right now. And, and so that's why when he said Bo Hostler's 80 something in approach, I go, huh, well, I'd rather look at the last 12 rounds. So it's just it's a personal preference when you start getting into all the different, you know, ways that you can manipulate the stats. That's all I'm saying. So no, Pat, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming at you like that. Well, Chill and there, agree. Like there are a lot of different. We obviously look at different stats every week, and I'm not. I've, you know, when we started this thing, I've never been a huge stat guy, but I've kind of moved towards that direction mainly because it seems like that's what everybody wants to hear about. But as opposed to gut plays, which are really where the money's made. But um, that being said. I do think of proximity is a huge stat this week, and he's you know literally near the bottom of the field in that that category. So Hostler's just a guy that I'm going to fade, and, and that may be more of okay. a, a field play than anything. But from the stats I'm looking at, it backs it up. So there okay. you go. Now back into the 8K range. Surprised you didn't mention Charles Howell. Now I know he's obviously a favorite of ours, but here's the one thing about him is he has to get into the top 60 in the world to be automatically exempt into the U.S. Open. He is 61st right now. So if he has a good finish this week, I think he'll avoid any kind of, uh, you know, sectional qualifiers or whatever he has to do or, you know, to, to get into the U.S. Open. So I, I like Charles that's Howell. A good, that's a good tidbit there. I like that. At, at 8,700. And he's been playing well. I mean, checks yeah. a box and strokes gain off the tee approach. Also, uh, strokes gained around the green. Um, and um, proximity, he's in the top 40 in the field from what I'm looking at. So I feel like now i got to clarify like what I'm looking at versus what you're looking at. Which is he has been playing thing. well. He has been playing well. It's good to, see, good to see him playing well beyond the West Coast swing, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so another guy I want to mention is J.B. Holmes. J.B. Holmes. Holmes yep. at 8300. I knew you wouldn't pass up an opportunity no, to talk about No, I love him this week. Holmes. He checks. He's in the top fifteen in the field and around and strokes gained around the green. Uh, also in proximity, 
uh, approach and strokes gained off the tee. I love some JB this week. I'm not even looking at recent form. I, I swear, I, I just think that he is that he is primed for a great week here. And at 8,300, I, I love that price. So um, I think he'll be one of my favorite plays in that 8K range. All right, so the 7K, I'm just going to give – there's a lot of guys in the 7K as there are most weeks. I'm just going to give you the guys I feel the best about. Um, I do like Martin Laird right at the top at 7,900. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of popping for me a little bit. Decent form, decent price. You know, uh, I'm okay with it. Um, I think Keith Mitchell is a fade, and I know that uh, – I, I just think that's a gut f- you talk about a gut fade in Hostler. I think a gut fade is Keith Mitchell, and I love Keith Mitchell. But the DFS community is falling in love with Keith Mitchell for a lot of good reason. He does score. He's fourth in this field in DraftKings points. He does score. But I just, I just got a feeling. The short game isn't there right now, and I feel like this is a short game golf course. Um, so I'm out on Mitchell. I just wanted to mention him. At 7,500, I like another Aussie, Aaron Baddeley. Another Aussie. They play well in the wind. He's a fantastic putter, one of the best putters on the PGA Tour in long term. You know, any year on tour, he's one of the best putters on tour. Good scrambler as well. So I like Badly at 7,500. The ever controversial Sam Saunders at 7,400. I like Sam Saunders this week. I think this is a great spot for him. Checking the box and strokes gained approach. Um, off the tees, he hasn't been too bad either, so I like that. I like a little bit of Kelly Craft. He doesn't check a lot of boxes, but I just feel like this is a decent week for him. I, it's a gut play there. My favorite play in the 7K range, favorite play, at 7,200 is Kevin Na. I think Kevin Na could win this golf tournament. That's right. I think he could win the golf tournament he's 19th in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained around the green 15th in putting 31st in DraftKings scoring um you know finished 46th at the players missed a couple cuts before that this just feels like kind of one of those weeks for kevin na i don't even mind kevin na in cash so if you want to stack up you can actually you can actually fit three 9K guys, who we, we both really like the 9K range, you can fit three 9K guys and Kevin Na in a cash lineup and still have $7,500 average remaining for your final two spots. So you maybe work in some other guys there that you like. So those are, um, th- those are my 7K guys that I feel the best about. Wow, so we're in, we got some agreement here because I'm okay. with you. I'm with you on Martin Laird. I think he is one of my favorite plays here. And then Bads, I was I was kind of surprised you mentioned him. I thought I love Bads. Yeah, I think he's a a great play this week. I think that's that's definitely fantastic. He's just a so, great human. He's a good human. He is, but we're talking about winning money, not yeah, humans. We are. Yeah. So um, another guy that I like is uh, the rookie Jacqueline Neiman. Ooh, I think he's a good, okay. good yeah. kind of a sneaky play this week at seventy eight hundred. He's not going to be sneaky. He's not going to be sneaky. There's no way he's sneaky. Everybody wants is itching to play. It's the same thing that everyone did with Deshambo last year. Everyone is excited to play the former number one amateur in the world. Yeah, but he's a he is. I think he's a special player. He was sixth at the Valero Texas Open. Um, I don't mind that price at all for him at 7,800. I know he missed the cut at the Wells Fargo, but I'm okay with that. So he, I he, think. What do you think? Uh, you have to check fansharesports.com on the ownership, but what do you think? Would, would you play him in cash? Um, no, I don't think I would play him in cash. You, you go up to Laird in cash? I think I'd probably go up to Laird in cash. I just don't think. I think Ryan Palmer's in play this week, too, at 7,800. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't been playing that great this year, but he did finish uh, T23 at the Players. Um, you know, a, a Texas guy, I think, that just, you know, has probably played this course numerous times. So I do like some Ryan Palmer. So I don't think that's that's where I think Neiman kind of falls in. He's right there where you got Harris English around him, Ryan Palmer, Keith Mitchell, who's been extremely popular, Martin Laird, who we've talked about. 
I mean, is Neiman going to be over 5 to 10%? Yes. Well, there's no way he's at 10%. I bet he's at 10%. Really? I don't see that. I, I, How do you I, see well, that? I, I, I'm saying I think, he could get to, I think he could get to 10%. I think so. Because uh, he's just... DFS people just love to jump on him. That's that's why. Well, if he's at that area, if he's at that range, I'm not going to play him. But I, I do I do like him if he's around like five percent somewhere in there. Um, I mentioned Palmer. I'm surprised you don't have a little bit of a case of the Garrigus this week. No, yeah, I know. I've been off. You know, my I got a pretty good Garrigus radar, and it's been off lately, and he's been off lately. So I, I'm not. So I'm you're not, so you're not gonna do that. No. Uh, another guy, a sneaky play, I think, in here at 7,400. He's probably gonna sound a little bit too expensive to you, but this is a weak ass field, but and I like him. And Alex Chaka at 7,400. No. He is he is a withdrawal machine. Alex Chaka. I, no, I think he's terrifying. I think he's a good GPP play and not playing him in cash at all. But he did finish T27 at the Wells Fargo just a couple weeks ago. Um, checks the box for me on scrambling and proximity. So I, I, I like some Chaco. You know, if he's, now, if he's coming off a withdrawal, not going to play him. Coming off a T30 in a tough field and a... Um, and on a tough course at the Wells Fargo, we're getting a new a new course this week where he you know he was T twenty seven at the Wells Fargo. I think that's a, I think he's he's worth the risk. That that's all I'm going to say. It's a risk, but he's worth it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Um, Sean Stephanie's popping a little bit. He's getting a little love too. He's a Texas guy. He's at seven K. Whatever, don't mind him. If you buy into the strokes gained around the green and strokes gained putting narrative, Peter Malnati is 35th in the field in strokes gained around the green and 8th in putting in the last 12 rounds. That's it for me in the 7K range. Um, anybody else for you before we get to the 6K? I got a few guys in the 6K. I got a couple guys in the 6K, but yeah, that's it for me in the 7K. All right, why don't you start in the 6K? All right, so 6K range. A few interesting guys that I think are, are worth looking at. Uh, one is Brian Gay at 6,900. Uh, he's top 10 in the field in both scrambling and proximity. So I, I think, the, you know, again, I've said those are, those are stats that I'm looking at. Uh, and it, this is a – listen, there are so many guys here that just aren't even – I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to peg. Yeah, Brian Gay finished T seventy two at the Players, so he was basically dead last. But he he did make the cut, so he could be worth playing. Um, I like some Michael Thompson also at sixty nine hundred. Now he did miss the cut at at the Players last week, but he's he's made four of his last five cuts with a T fourteen at the Shell, and he also checks the box. He is fifth. And strokes gain putting in the field. So Michael Thompson could be an interesting play. If you're looking at these guys down here under 7K, one of the things I'm going to look at is, are they making cuts? And is there at least something they're doing well at in the field? And that is putting for him. So I do like that. Um, Hunter Mahan could be interesting. I, I don't even know. I can't even believe I'm mentioning him, but he's, he's <laughs> this is basically like his home course, I believe. Well, not his home course, but he's played here a ton. He's a Texas guy. Um, you know, he does drive the ball well off the tee. He puts it pretty well, so I think that 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 could be key for him. Key for him. So I do like some some Hunter Mahan. I got a flyer guy for you. All right, Nate Lashley. Okay. It's 6,900. He's missed his last two cuts, so that's terrible. But <laughs> he could be he could be just sort of a sneaky play down here if you want to just throw a flyer in on GPP. He is fourth in the field in proximity, checks the box in approach and scrambling, and he was T18th at the Shell Houston Open in Texas. So there you go, just a just a, a flyer guy. I think I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and play some Nate Lashley in at least one lineup. Oh wow! Don't 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 stretch it out there. <laughs> um, all right, real quick for me, we don't really have a lot of agreement here. I did have Hunter Mayhan just because he he is a member here. He has played here since it opened. Whatever. I, I don't know. I don't even know. If, yeah, I'm not gonna have a lot of people in here, but Hunter Mayhan, okay. 
JT Poston, $6,900. Haven't heard a lot of JT. Last time he was in Texas for the Valero, finished tied for 30th. He is a short game wizard. We know that about JT. He's been on the podcast before. Doesn't hit it very long. He's pretty accurate, but he is a scrambling, putting fool. So I do think JT Poston at 6,900 might get you a made cut. Now, my favorite play in here is Ricky Barnes at $6,800. Ricky's been a fairly consistent, I mean, in terms of these guys in the 6K range, he's been okay. Um, And if you look at the last 12 rounds, he is third in this field in strokes gained around the green and 30th in putting, strokes gained putting, um, in this field. So I kind of think Ricky Barnes is interesting at $6,800. Um, you know, he's never really had, he doesn't have a lot of strong finishes, but he's, you know, he makes cuts sometimes. So there's, there's something. And then at 6,700, your boy, Ryan Armour, who I could not believe last week you even talked about and he missed the cut. I can't believe he missed the cut last week, actually. I I can't believe I let you talk about him last week. That was awful. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. He's in horrible form, but he is an accurate type plotter of a guy that may be okay here but I don't feel great about it. I think Ricky Barnes and JT Poston are, are my two favorite. If you're going to play anybody in the 6K, definitely don't play anybody in the 6K in cash. But if you're going to, I think that's what you do. There's not a whole lot of guys here that there are not confident about in now, any format. Looking at fantasy draft, let me tell you, I'm going to give you guys this, this tip right here. Value of the week, okay? Value of the week on fantasy draft is Rory Sabatini. He's 14-1 on Fantasy Draft. Whether you like him or not on DraftKings, he's, he seems to be a better value over on Fantasy Draft. If I were putting together a Fantasy Draft lineup, I think Baddeley, Saunders, Sabatini, Charles Howell are four pretty solid values over on Fantasy Draft. And by the way, the, the $25 GPP on Fantasy Draft, the Tour card, has been filling at the very last minute, if it fills at all. Last week for the players, there was some overlay. So if you're not on Fantasy Draft, you need to be. We got a link for you. Hit us up. Um, But there's overlay to be had when DraftKings is like making a habit out of undersizing all their contests every week. Fantasy Draft has a little bit of overlay, and they need some new players, and it's a great game. So um, you need to come over and, and join us. Plus, we do a listener league over there. So there you go. Um, anything else to add to that for fantasy draft, Pat? No, I'm I'm good. I love playing on fantasy draft. By the way, it's just such a yeah. I had a fantastic. bad week this week. I had a better week on DraftKings this week than I did on fantasy draft. All right, um, one and done, bud. We are we are over an hour here for this podcast, so we got to get to our one and done. Who do you have? I am going Charles Howell the third. Hmm. I feel like really? he's got a lot, okay. a lot to play for this week. I think this is just a course that, that yeah. he can play well on. So I am going to go some CH3 as I my like one of them. I've had a good – ever since Masters, or, you know, I've, had a, I've had a pretty good run of some – Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. Yeah, your one and dones have done well. Um, mine continue to suck. So I am going to go with Jimmy Walker. I, I feel really, really good about Jimmy Walker. He was my – he was my second choice. Now, so let me tell you my second choice. Just for those of you who maybe you're in my position and you suck and you really have a lot of ground to make up and you want to try to go lone wolf in your one-and-done pool and you want to be pretty ballsy, I almost considered Kevin Na because I mm. think not too many people are going to be on Kevin Na and I almost went there. So... That gives you any insight. But I'm going to go Jimmy Walker officially. I'm going to turn in Jimmy Walker. So there you go. All right, everybody. That's the Tour Junkies podcast for the Byron Nelson. We will be back next week, as always. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you guys. Don't forget the Chalk Bomb email drops Wednesday, late evening, late afternoon, early evening. We'll be in the Roto Grinders chat room, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night. Check FanshareSports.com Wednesday as well. And, uh, yeah, may your screens be green. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. See ya! Out!